During the October Breast Cancer Awareness Drive, an obscene amount of money was raised, as it has been since 1991. On Thanksgiving Saturday, during my show Gesundheit with Jacobus, I am delighted to interview Gail Sulik, a medical sociologist. She wrote a powerful book about the successful fundraising efforts for cancer research and breast cancer in particular, but the failing results. Gail Sulik's Pink Ribbon Blues, How Breast Cancer Culture Undermines Women's Health, will open our eyes about the steamrolling cancer industry this Saturday morning from 8 to 11. Gesundheit with Jacobus, Health Talk Radio, integrating allopathic and all-natural medicine one show at a time. Here is your host, Jacobus Hollowine. And good morning, everybody. Welcome to the program. We are live on this Thanksgiving Saturday. It's good to be with you. I'm excited about today's program, and uh, because of the scheduling, this was indeed a perfect timing. My guest uh, was available this weekend and we said, let's go for it because the, um, the message is too important to, to not hear. And we hope you are going to enjoy it as much as I have been in prepping this program. We're going to be talking to Dr. Gail Sulik. First of all, uh, as always, when we talk about health, healing and healthy lifestyles every Saturday morning, we are not here to diagnose, treat or cure. We're here to educate you, inform and entertain and we hope that you take this information to the best knowledge and interest of the guests who are speaking. And then, if needed, contact the guest after the program or see a physician or a specialist of your choice and just become the best educated person you can be for yourself or for somebody close to you. The program has been going strong for about uh, 10 and a half years, and we appreciate so many of you who have listened for such a long time. Many of you have been with me pretty much since the beginning, and I hope that you are always learning something on this program that is indeed very helpful. Uh, I tell you what, in my preparation and talking to the guests, I have learned a ton, and I am extremely grateful. Never had any idea where it was going to go, but here we are. And uh, we're almost hitting December of 2010. And who would have known that this program would last this long? And I'm looking forward to another 10 years. Exciting stuff. Uh, with me in the studio, who has been with me for most of the time, is uh, my good man Chuck Martell. And I'm really happy that Chuck decided to come in on Thanksgiving Saturday. Th Chuck, good morning to you. Good morning, Jacobus. And I know this is quite a powerful topic. And, and uh, Chuck mentioned to me, uh, I didn't even realize that in this week's paper, we have, since we're going to be talking about the breast cancer culture and the pink ribbon culture, that he saw that uh, two women died this week in Bozeman area. One was 37, one was 42 of breast cancer. So it is definitely something that always hits the news, doesn't it? it certainly does. Yeah, it's very, uh, it's a very painful, very touching topic, and uh, something needs to improve in that. So. In order to do that, folks, uh, let me let you read a little bit about my, my guest today, Gail Sulik. And uh, Dr. Gail Sulik, it's, it's, it's very interesting to see what she has done. And I uh, hope you stick with me. It's a beautiful introduction. Dr. Gail Sulik 
received her MA in Women's Studies in 2001 and her PhD in Sociology from the State University of New York at Albany in 2004. While a graduate student, she held a professional appointment with a community-based breast cancer organization, and she was a managing editor for the journal Gender and Society. From 2004 to 2007, she served as a visiting assistant professor at Vassar College, and from 2007 to 2010, as a tenure-track assistant professor at Texas Women's University. Dr. Sulik's teachings experience includes undergraduate and graduate courses on breast cancer, medical sociology, sociology of the body, <coughs> philosophies of science, gender and culture and research methods. Dr. Sulik's research emphasizes interdisciplinary community research, comparative health contexts, and health policy. She is currently a research associate in the Department of Women's Studies at the University of Al at Albany. She is an evaluator for the Blue Foundation for a Healthy Florida, a member of the Health Policy and Advocacy Group for Future Directions in Cancer Prevention and Control at MD Anderson Ch Cancer Center. She is the area editor for qualitative approaches for the American Sociological Association's Digital Library and she is a member of the International Editorial Board for Sociology and Technoscience. A member of the American Sociological Association, Sociologists for Women in Society, the American Evaluation <coughs> Association, and the National Coalition of Independent Scholars, Dr. Gale has presented workshops, articles, and lectures to professional meetings, colleges, and universities, and community organizations. She has published scholarly papers on illness identity, technoscience, gender and care, work in sociology of health and illness, gender and society, and qualitative sociology. She has also written general interest and consumer materials on breast cancer, cancer and motherhood, advertising medical technologies, teaching resources, and the effects of yoga on health. Dr. Gail Sulik has written grants and received awards from state, national, and private funding agencies. In 2008, she received a highly competitive research fellowship from the National Endowment for the Humanities to complete her book that we're talking about today, Pink Ribbon Blues, How Breast Cancer Culture Undermines Women's Health, which is now published, just came out, end of October, by Oxford University Press. And... Uh, you can go and find a lot of information, a lot of research, a lot of links to the website pinkribbonblues.org. Pinkribbonblues.org. And you can also find Pink Ribbon Blues on Facebook. And you will do that as you go to the website. Then there is a link to Facebook and you can contribute. So I am absolutely happy to have Gail Sulik on the show. Gail, good morning to you. Good morning, Jakobus. So yeah, it's uh, it's very nice to have you with us, and uh, what a topic! It's what a great book, and I sadly enough I didn't get my copy until Wednesday, so I've been limited in how much I could read about it. But browsing through your website and uh, having a natural interest in this in this topic, um, it is absolutely great to have you, and your research is is uh, is astounding. Ten years of work to write this book. And uh, my goodness, what, what got you interested in writing? What, what was it all of a sudden in you that you said, you know, this is an avenue I need to follow? Yeah, well, it, it has been a long time coming. 
um, 10 years, and as you were reading the different things I've been involved in, I was thinking, oh, this is why I'm so tired. <laughs> yes. Um, and, and it has been a long time coming. And um, really what got me started in this area um, prior to, to 2001, which is when I officially and systematically started doing research in this area, um, was that I, I have dealt with cancer in general, cancer in my, in my family, friends and family. Um, and, and as you mentioned earlier, when you deal with something like cancer, it's, it's very profound, and uh, especially when you witness suffering and death due to cancer. Yeah. And it, so it, it's very life-changing. It really gets you thinking not only about human suffering, but how it is that we as families and friends and communities help each other and support each other through that. And then by extension, how the medical system helps or sometimes does not help so much um, in helping people to heal. Yeah. And so I've kind of had a long history with that. Um, but then a friend of mine had been diagnosed uh, with breast cancer when she was young at the age of 30. Um, and she had gone through treatment and was cancer-free for a few years and then had a recurrence when she was 35 mm. uh, and then was in treatment for, for the rest of her life until she died uh, just after her 40th birthday. Wow. Yeah, and, and I, that is the one who you dedicated the book to. Yes, yes, that was Kathy Hoey. And right. um, so it, it is dedicated to her. It, it was um, as I was, you know, walking through as much as I could with her um, as she was experiencing treatment and trying to continue to work during treatment and then leaving work and just all of the, the things that affect your life when you're dealing with cancer. Yeah. I started to look... Um, more closely at breast cancer and the issues and advocacy and education around it. And before she died, I started to do work um, with Capital Region Action Against Breast Cancer, which is in Albany, New York, yeah. and with the New York State Breast Cancer Network. And initially, I, I got into that just to learn. Um, I wanted to find out what was happening around breast cancer, what issues were really important. And the particular organization that I worked with um, was very interested in the science behind breast cancer and how is it that we get that science out to the public, out to people so they can make decisions that are the best for them. Yeah. And so I would feel very fortunate that I came into the study of breast cancer from this perspective because I've really come to learn that this is a really crucial piece. And it's a piece we don't often see delved into very deeply because we see lots of ribbons and advertisements and activities that are uh, focused on feeling good about supporting the cause and less so about getting into the nuts and bolts of what's working and what's not, not working. Hmm. Um, so That's it was true. really with that organization that I started to learn um, about the science. Yes. That, and, and when you say the science... Then you're talking about the actual research in trying to fight cancer cells or the research in uh, the science in, uh, in the whole industry around breast cancer? Initially, it was the science of the disease and how it is that cancer works in the body. Yeah. Um, and both um, with, through traditional and non-traditional means to deal with that. 
Um, so that was my, my first entree into it, learning to read medical journals, which, um, you know, for a lay person, for a social science person, yeah. uh, it's yeah. really complicated. And for an everyday person who's trying to figure out their own diagnosis and treatment and what they should do, mm. um, if they move into that world, they have to, to learn a whole new language. And that's what I had to do as well. Um, but then after that, then I started to look more into the industry connected to it as well. And so when I started studying this officially, it was in 2001, and it was after my friend died, and I was pretty devastated. Um, I, I was feeling hopeful like we all want to feel when somebody is, is suffering and thinking, okay, you know, she's going to make it. She's young. Um, she and has then, a po- yeah, she has a positive attitude. And yeah, everything is working she, in yeah. a advantage, yes. Um, and and there's just so much we don't know about what what's going on with people behind the scenes and and you then when it comes to the end of someone's life and when they hear those words you know there's nothing more we can do it's it's completely devastating yes it is um, and she she heard those words just after Thanksgiving and within six weeks she had died and. I when I had seen her the last time I, I saw her it was just a few days before she died and and she was in bed and she was dozing in and out and and I was just I was completely astounded that this young vibrant woman who I looked up to and admired not only for what she dealt with with cancer but also just as a as a human being and um, just that this was it. You know, and uh, and it was hard. And when I when I witnessed that, my first impulse was to say, "Kathy, I'm going to walk for you." Yeah. And there was a, a three day walk coming up, and I said, "Okay, I'm going to walk for you." And then then I left, and she died a few days later. And then I thought, "What what am I saying? I'm going to I'm going to walk for you." Yes. Um, that's not going to help you. Mm. And so. Part of what I also really learned from that experience was, you know, they're they're really. There is a strong desire to want to help people. There's a strong desire, particularly with cancer, to and and for people when they they die young and die tragically, to to make sense of it, and to want to commemorate and and think about what was positive. Yeah. And I did it too. You know, I wanted to walk, and so I understand the pink fervor. I understand wanting to help and wanting to remember and wanting to come together and do something. Um, and, and after thinking through it more, um, I, I realized that I could help in other ways. I could help as a researcher. And it was, it was just the week after she died then that I said, okay, I'm going to commit my research to this, to learning more about what's going on, how we support one another, what's happening with this illness, what's happening with the medical system. And bit by bit by bit, I started to build on that research, um, and I started by interviewing diagnosed women. Yeah. And at that point, it was really focused on how people make decisions, how they find support for themselves. And for women, it's really interesting um, because we tend to be nurturers and caregivers of other people. And so one really interesting piece of this, too, is that when you're diagnosed and you, you're in the position of the focal point and getting care for yourself, that it's really hard for women to accept sometimes. I see. Um, so that whole side of it was, was new to me. 
Mm. as well. And mm-hmm. then it just built. And as, as you start to look into the, the advertising and the industry and, and all of the connections with culture, I realized that it was a much bigger system than I had any idea about. And it, that's why it took 10 years. <laughs> but, yeah, it almost seems that when you are witnessing the culture or the whole industry around the breast cancer with all the pink ribbons, that you feel part of it, you feel uh, connected, you feel, uh, oh, I, I want to contribute, <clears throat> I want I am part of this uh, because I know somebody who has cancer, I know somebody who died of the breast cancer, uh, we read stories in the news, we look at we look at the news, we see people with breast cancer, we see the visual, so it is like you are automatically connected, and that aspect, right. the whole machine around it is is extremely powerful and, um, and, and makes you... Uh, emotionally attached and most people will donate money when they're emotionally attached and That's and exactly. there is yeah. some kind of a connection there and um yeah I, I i can see that point so when you start looking into that you all of a sudden there is october of course all year long but october national breast cancer awareness month you cannot avoid it it's everywhere and and so at when you at a weaker point then you feel like yes I want to walk. Yes, I want to contribute. Yes, they need to find a cure. Uh, this is all extremely important for humanity. Uh, we want to help people. We don't want any more person to die of breast cancer. So how are we going to do this? And and it is an amazing how the machine works. And that's really what it is. And I, I wrote an article in a in a local newspaper of a local magazine a newspaper. It was called and I called it Mammogram Mania, and it came out now November December issue. And I say indeed that in, in the article, um, uh, it says October just finished and mammograms were in the news every day to remind us of the importance of early cancer cell detection. While it is an everyday battle for many who have been positively diagnosed, every October we remember breast cancer victims and celebrate its survivors. Breast cancer seems to have become the poster child for all cancers and saying anything negative about its campaigns or fundraisers is almost considered sacrilegious. Let's face it, we all know somebody with breast cancer and so it hits home with us. But it should also allow us to be angry, upset and disappointed with the lack of research progress that is presented to us through the allopathic medical channels. And I think that is something that you must have seen as a researcher that all of a sudden you met the right people and the light goes on and said, wait a second, there is a lot more going on about this whole industry and, and the research that needs to come out to the front. And I, 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 that is all very clear in your book, Pink Ribbon Blues. Yeah, well, you hit the nail on the head with that. And you're, you're exactly right. It has, become, it has become a poster child. It has become kind of, um, one woman called it a sacred cow. You know, the ribbon has become a sacred cow. You can't say anything. And after I started to bring this research out um, to the public and to um, other diagnosed people, uh, I've had a number of people come up to me and say, oh, thank goodness somebody said it. Oh, I've been, uh. I've been thinking about this, but I couldn't say anything. Or for a, a person who is a survivor who feels like, okay, I should be happy that I'm alive. I should be happy that I have support, that people care about this. But, you know, there's something going on here. Yeah. 
And I, I felt like I, I felt guilty for even thinking that. Mm-hmm. And so it really has gone, it's taken on a life of its own, and it goes beyond critique. Yeah. That's and right. for exactly the reason you said. Yeah, it's very tough. Uh, folks, uh, Gail Sulik, Dr. Gail Sulik is my guest today. She wrote a very, very powerful book. It's called Pink Ribbon Blues. Just came out end of October of this year, 2010. Pink Ribbon Blues, How Breast Cancer Culture Undermines Women's Health. And uh, it is available in different bookstores. I did go to uh, the local Borders, and it is on order. Uh, they expect the book to be here within about three to four days. Uh, so if you can wait for the book, I do have an extra copy at the Gesundheit Nutrition Center. So if you are interested in looking at it, browsing through it, uh, you're very welcome to do so. Then you get an idea, come in, sit down, and uh, just uh, read some of the pages that Gail has written. But it is, uh, I think you're really going to enjoy this because this is a this is a very heartwarming book because she actually mentions people. She has done so many interviews with people who are going through the breast cancer uh, suffering, and many of them have died. But just to see what is going on in the industry and, and listening to the people, listening to the voices of the people who are dealing with it. As many of you have witnessed yourself knowing somebody with breast cancer, you know the pain. And you know the suffering and you know the devastation when that point comes, when the doctor says there is nothing more we can do. And there is a lot more where this came from. We're going to dig into the book. We're going to dig into the research and the experiences that Gail has had. Pink Ribbon Blues is the book. Gail Sulik is my guest. Stay tuned. We will be right back. Better than pleading the fifth. Why must I be surrounded by fools? Becoming a student of the Gesundheit with Jacobus radio show. 